15 minutes. You ever been in a situation where you've asked God to forgive you, but yet you, you, and you thank God he forgave you, but yet you still think about the thing that you've done? The residue. It's the residue that you got to let God clean you from to get that uh, residue out of your life. And so he purifies it out of our mind, out of our thinking, out of the way we conduct ourselves. He cleans, he purifies, he purges us from all unrighteousness. You're now in tune to the Heaven Bound Broadcast with Pastor Richard D. Dobbs of Overcomers Christian Center in Villarica, Georgia. Now prepare to be empowered and equipped with the rich word of God. That unlocks our faith to trust God despite how we feel about a person, a business, a school, or a situation. It is the process that I must take personally in order for me to unlock my faith so in turn I can trust God despite how I feel about a person or a situation. See, forgiveness can be defined as a conscious, deliberate decision to release feelings of resentment, bitterness, anger, and vengeance, and so forth toward a person or a group of people, regardless of whether or not I think they deserve it or not. See, forgiveness says my decision must be a conscious decision to let people go. I got to be deliberate to let them go from my childhood, my teenage years, my school years, young adult years, past relationships, uh, family members, church members, and so forth. I was listening to or heard about a news article this week where an individual went and he was going to shoot a school because in his mind, from my evaluation, he had not forgiven that school for the way they treated him. Isn't that sad? But that's what people are these days. They are operating in some type of unforgiveness. But some of us have dealt with painful things in our past. And, and let me say this to you. They're, uh, I, I don't know one person that hasn't been dealt where they've had to make a decision where they had to forgive somebody. I don't know one person yet. Everybody has to learn how to forgive. Because some of us have dealt with painful things in our past dealt with painful things now. Sometimes people deal uh, with painful things in when their current situation. They continue to deal with things that hurt them intentionally as well as unintentionally. And I'm sure that you're like me. You've had to deal with stuff that you've had to deal with stuff intentionally as well as unintentionally. And let me say this to you. I doubt it will be the last time. Uh, chances are in 2023, you have to deal with some stuff just like this. Pain, hurt, and such like is a real part of life, especially the person who is experiencing this. And some people think that others should get it like they gave it to them. Think about that for a moment. You hurt me bad, now you should be hurt bad. Oh, but thank God for Romans 12 and verse 19. Let's go to Romans 12, verse 19. Romans 12, 19. Beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give, but rather give place to wrath. For it is written, vengeance is mine, 
vengeance of mine, I will repay. Beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give play, but rather give place to wrath, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay. Notice that you can't get people back on the level that you were got. You can't get people back on the level that you were got. And I know it's painful. I know it's hurtful. It's hurt me. I'm sure it hurts you. But and then you want them to get the same thing that that you felt. You want them to feel the same thing that you felt. And I've been there. Oh yeah, I've been there. Oh yeah, Lord knows I've been there. But you know what? I must make a deliberate decision to forgive because depending on how bad a person has hurt or still hurt me, I must let go of suppressed feelings, bottled up emotions, ideas and opinions about them, and any and all ill feelings I have for them, whether or not I know it or not. And see, most of the time, people don't have an idea of how much they hurt you. In fact, did you know how much you hurt somebody when you hurt them? Oh, it's only till I remember. Let me tell you this quick story real quick. And uh, this is back in my uh, long time ago. Long time ago. Everybody say long time ago. I, I got to make sure I put I preface that. Uh, long time ago. I remember I dated this girl and I, I just broke up with her. I, you know, I was unsaved. I was a mess. I was a sinner. And uh, I just broke up with her. And uh I remember I saw her probably maybe uh, a while later. I don't know how long it was later. And she said, you know, when you broke up with me, I was looking for you. And I, w- I was sitting in clubs and I was looking for you. I was going to hurt you because she had hurt me so bad. I mean, she was going to hurt me. I mean, she said I was going to mess you up. Now, she used some words that I can't use here in this microphone. But she said, I was going to hurt you. I was sitting in clubs just waiting for you to come to the club. And I was going to hurt you. I was going to get you. I was going to hurt you as bad as you hurt me. And I'm sitting, I'm sitting there listening to her. I'm thinking, should I be scared right about now? Should I be running and get out of this situation? But I listened to her. And I listened to what she said. And I said, I'm so sorry. I, you know, I'm so sorry. What could you do? Because so, what? I hurt her so bad, but I was out there just partying like it wasn't nothing. And she was just sitting there going through pain and heartache, and I was the one who did hurt her. And see, sometimes you hurt people and don't realize how bad you hurt somebody. I'm glad to show up at the club, though, where she was at, though. I might not be here today. <laughs> see, it takes, let me say this to you. Based on that, it takes faith. It takes faith to forgive people. I mean, it takes faith. I mean, you got to have faith in God's written and revealed word you, uh, in order to forgive people. You got to trust God that once you ask God to forgive you, uh, that God's going to do it. And Jesus is our perfect example of what it means to forgive others who have hurt us, disappointed us, betrayed us, denied us, refused to obey us, or even follow us. In fact, Jesus experienced. Uh, that when he came, when he, when he come with a place that he says that, uh, in fact, Jesus never did these things, but he took responsibility for the sins that we did. So in turn, we can be in right standing with God. I mean, God never disappointed. God never made people mad. Not, God never made people upset. But God forgave folks. 
I mean, God was here for our best interest and he forgave. And therefore, Jesus is our perfect example of forgiveness. How many agree that Jesus is your perfect example of forgiveness? And, and really, you don't need to depend on folks to be your example of forgiveness. Because you think they forgave and chances are they could be harboring something if you ain't, if you ain't careful. So he took the blame for our wrong deeds and our wrong actions. He took on our he took on our trickery, manipulative ways, jealousy, envy, drinking, drugging, promiscuous ways, anger, rage, poverty, pain, and so forth. For every time we run wander from the path of God or violated the law of God, we got before we got saved, since we got saved, even our actions and thinking yesterday or even this morning, they're contrary to God's word and His ways. He paid the price so that we can be what? Forgiven. Thank God for forgiveness. Jesus knew that if people are going to have a chance at being in a place that they're accepted and approved in his sight, he's going to have to become the perfect sacrifice so that we can all have access to God, even though you could have messed up the day before. This is faith in action. See, a sovereign God that believed in us so much that he took on the sins of mankind so that we become, we, we can come in right standing with God. If you don't mind, go with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 21. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 21. For he made him who knew no sin. No, he knew no sin. To be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. For he made him who knew no sin. See, Jesus couldn't produce sin. He couldn't perform sin. He couldn't even, listen, he, he couldn't even think about sin and do it if he wanted to. Because that's who he is. See, he couldn't miss the mark like we missed the mark. He couldn't wander from the ways of God. He couldn't violate God's law. He couldn't do it. But he took on our violations. He took on when we missed the mark. He took on when we came up short. Remember, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That we might become the righteousness. Righteousness of God in him. See, righteousness means I'm accepted or approved by God. And so therefore, understand, our righteousness is not based on us. It's based on our relationship with Jesus. Mm, that's good right there. See, I, I didn't do anything to get right with God. Only thing I did was say, God, I receive your righteousness. When I receive your righteousness, Jesus, I'm coming in right standing with our God. I mean, I'm accepted by God. I'm accepted by him. And that's Jesus demonstrating faith and forgiveness. I appreciate the fact that Jesus did that for each and every one of us. And therefore, it takes faith and action to take on the wrongdoing and blame for others, knowing that you may... That, that, that people still may decide to choose to serve a different God. Boy, that's sad. But that happens every day. And I, I can't get mad with folks because I remember the time where I rejected Jesus. I told him, no, no, I got time. I got time. I got time. Because what? I wanted to do what I wanted to do, which is basically violate God's law. I wanted to come against the word of God because I had some stuff I wanted to do. Remember I told y'all earlier, I was still, uh, while this person was mad at me, I was still doing my thing on the side somewhere. 
And so, therefore, I wanted some sin. I wanted to see sin is this. And think about this for a moment. We're going to talk about it a little bit later. We really sin. You choose to do that particular thing. You choose to do it. You choose to do it. And that's what breaks down too many times. And so when I'm coming to God, I'm asking God, you know what? I chose to do this right now. So, God, I ask you to forgive me. We're going to talk about this more as we go into the message. But think about this for a moment. People, Jesus took on our sin, even though we may not receive him. It's like a parent, a parent with a a teenage child. You know, sometimes teenagers can be interesting. And so, therefore, the 16-year-old teenage child met the cool guy at school or the cool girl at school. And so now they're doing, and so now they're hanging out with the cool guy, the cool girl at school. But the problem is they don't want to do nothing you say anymore. Because why? They're hanging out with the cool guy, the cool girl at school. And so now the 16-year-old who used to be a good child and the one that you feed, the one that you pay the internet bill, the ones you put, bought them Nikes and Air Jordans and all them nice clothes for, the ones you bought the blue jean with the holes in them that cost more than I'm sorry, get out of there. I'm sorry. I backed up. My back had a flashback. Get back, get back, Dobbs. Get back. Get back. And so the one you're doing all this stuff for, and they decide, oh, well, I don't want to do what you say, dude, because that's not cool. My friend said, Mr. Cool or Miss Cool, you know, because you ain't known for three months. But yet, you don't show Mr. or Miss Cool over the one that you live with, the one who raised you, the one who's doing everything for you. And sometimes in that like Jesus, we'll choose to do what Mr. Cool or Miss Cool say to do more than the one who's saving us, the one who's keeping us, the one who's making a way out of no way, the one who's healing our body, the one who's delivering us, the one who's protecting us, and the one who's prospering us. We'll choose that one over what God wants us to do. We could have we could have been a witness to another person or someone else, but instead of us risking being uncomfortable, we decide to stay comfortable and not say anything. We could have spoken to uh, perhaps someone in auxiliary when you saw them going left or going right in God's house, but we didn't too because we didn't want to cause confusion or quote unquote cause confusion. We could have told the leader that the attitude was not becoming of Christ when we heard them curse at that babe in Christ and we understand that it's not right. Yet we serve a God who understands faith and forgiveness. Even in our messy situations and our stuff can become messy, he provides a way of escape. Why? Because he knows that forgiveness places us in right standing with him. And I thought about this as I was meditating on this. God wants you to be more in right standing with him than the whole sin on your on, on you. He wants you to be more in right standing with him than to hold sin against you. He doesn't really want to hold sin against you, but he can't violate his own law. Therefore, he sets some conditions regarding our ability to access for access forgiveness. See, a condition in one sense is a circumstance or an event which can happen if another thing is carried out. And then we use that word if. If is a conjunction word, which is used to say one thing, will will or might not happen depending or on another thing happening. See, conjunction words uh, are words that connect words and phrases. If and then can work beautifully together and the results can be life-changing. 
If and then can work beautifully together and they can be life-changing. And some of us need something that's life-changing. And you, if you like me, if and then are good for people who commit sins. Now, let me, let me, let me show you something real quickly. Go to Luke 7, 47. Luke 7, 47. And now, I know this is probably one of my favorite scriptures. And you just, just bear along because this is one of my favorite scriptures. I'm going to tell you why after I read it to you. Luke chapter 7, verse 47. The Bible reads as follows. Therefore, I say to you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven. For she loved much. But to whom little is forgiven, the same loves little. The part that stands out to me is, therefore, I say to you, her sins, which are many, and see, I, re- I can relate to that because my sins are many. But I thank God for forg- a God that forgives you despite you got a many sins. Thank God. Let's see, some of y'all got many sins. Y'all ain't got to worry about this. You probably got that little sin, so you, you got a little bit. But some of us, we thank God for his mercy and his grace. Because we have messed up time and time and time again. And one thing I love about this, the more you get into the word of God, the more you realize, God, you've just been saving me the whole time. I've been messing up for years now. I didn't even realize I was messing up. But you just keep forgiving me and forgiving me and forgiving me and forgiving me. And Lord, I know I said it. And see, this is what I love about God. See, God will forgive you even if you intentionally do things you shouldn't be doing. Thank y'all for the four amens. Yeah, some of y'all can, can relate to me. You, some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. You meant to cuss them out. You meant to tell them off. You meant to do this, that, and the other. And then you say, God, I'm, I messed up. I, did, I shouldn't have did that. God, please have mercy upon my soul. Please forgive me. And, and, and the many sins you commit, God will forgive you. Thank God he forgive you. Now, let's look at a few scriptures that show us the power of if and then. If and then. And before I go into this, let me give you a few things as I'm thinking about this before we go into this that I thought was uh, this. And these are personal revelations that I thought about. And I'm going to share them with you. Forgiveness is about you. Forgiveness is about you. Many times it's not about the other person. Not about the other person. Two. You will have an opportunity to forgive. You will have an opportunity to forgive. Let me put it to you like this. Somebody going to do something to you, you have to say, Lord, please forgive me. And they know what they did something to you. Somebody going to, let me say this to you. Somebody going to say something to you one day. And you got to say, Lord, forgive them, God. Because if you don't forgive them, I'm going to jump across this table and do something to them. I need real folks here. I need real folks to understand Luke 7, 47. Got many sins, but God forgive me. See, these thoughts are running across your head. You ain't the only one to have them. You're not the only one. And let me say this to you, and I, I, I'm not trying to prophesy doom and gloom over your life, but you're going to have these thoughts again. You're going to have these thoughts again. You'll be in the store, and somebody going to say something to you or bump you and, and say, hey, what's wrong with you? And, and, and one or two people going to jump up. The one who forgives or the one who says, hey, I, I forgive myself later after I. One or two, two people going to jump up. I don't know which one going to jump up, but one or two going to jump up. 
Um, and the third thing I want to say to you is this. And I, I, I mentioned it earlier, but other people will not feel what you feel. Other people will not feel what you feel. And so you keep that in mind as you walk through this area of forgiveness. Now, conditions that release forgiveness. Condition number one, I must admit that I have wandered from the path of God and the word of God. I must admit that I have wandered from the path of God and the word of God. First John chapter one and verse nine. First John chapter one and verse nine. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we confess, if we confess, if we admit it, if we declare I'm guilty of violating God's law. Now, let me share something with you when I look at the scripture to give you hopefully a better understanding of it. Let's say, for example, this is you lining up with God's word right here. And something gets you to not align with God's word. Something gets you not to align with it. Now, you're aligning with God's word, and then you start doing a certain action, and you find yourself not aligning with God's word. You start maybe lying. You start operating in pride. You start operating in jealousy. You start operating in whatever. Whatever causes you to not be in line with God's word, now you ask God, God, I am a liar. God, I am angry. God, I am jealousy. I'm operating in this particular thing. So God, I ask you to forgive me of my jealousy. And so therefore, when you confess this sin, it helps you not to commit jealousy anymore. You follow me? So therefore, it brings me back to where I need to be. And then when I do this, he is faithful because he understands this won't be the first time that something gets me out of in line with God. It, it'd be something that's going to get me out of line with God. And, and God's faithful because he knows there are many sins that Dobbs committed according to Luke seven forty seven, And he's going to need forgiven. He's going to need forgiven. He will need forgiven. And so therefore, he, God is faithful and just. He's faithful and just. He's going to just. He's justified. And what are he going to do? Forgive and cleanse. Forgive and cleanse. I thank God he's going to forgive, going to let it go. He's not going to keep it any longer. He's going to release it and cleanse me. Because I need cleaning. I need purifying. And I need purging. Because all these anger issues leaving a residue. It's a residue that I don't need to keep with me. So God needs to clean me from this thing that has gotten me over here. Because once you get over here, you're going to have some residue that comes along with it. You have some residue, some things, some thoughts in your head, some mental situation that you got to deal with before, as you get back in right standing with God. So you can be right standing with God, but there are some things you got to clean from your mind in order for you to think, talk, and conduct your life the right way. And some of us been in the position we have messed up and we've asked God to forgive us, but still we've had to deal with the thoughts that we had when we were doing I'll put it to you like this. You ever been in a situation where you've asked God to forgive you, but yet you, you, and you thank God he forgave you, but yet you still think about the thing that you've done? 
the residue. It's the residue that you got let God clean you from to get that uh, residue out of your life. And so he purifies it out of our mind, out of our thinking, out of the way we conduct ourselves. He cleans, he purifies, he purges us from all unrighteousness. See, you'll do something that's not right, but it'll bring about a lot of unrighteousness. It'll bring about a lot of things. So you just can't, and I've learned this, that many times you just can't do one sin and there's only one sin going to come. There's several things that come along with it. And you have to learn how to let God clean you from all unrighteousness. Everybody say that? And it takes faith. Why does it take faith, Pastor Dobbs? Because many times when you ask God to forgive you, you don't hear a voice from heaven come down and say, Yes, son, I forgive you. You got to trust God. He's forgiving you. I mean, I've committed a lot of sin. Yeah, yeah, I committed a lot of sin. I'm going to tell you up front. I have committed a lot of sin. But many times I don't hear God come down from heaven and talk about, This is my beloved son who my well pleased. No, I don't hear none of that. I trust God that he has forgiven me. I trust him. Why? Because I have his word here. I have his promise here. And many times you got to have faith to trust that God has forgiven you. Because many times your emotions will not line up with your faith. The way you feel will not line up with your faith. Because you, God be forgave you, but you'll still feel, you may still feel bad about what you've done. You'll still feel some type of way about what you've done in the past or even yesterday. And, and you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. He said, sometimes God is still cleaning you after he forgave you. Anybody saying that? I want you to understand something. Sometimes when you ask, see, I've never, I've been around for a while now. And I've been doing this for a number of years now. And, I've, I, and most of the time, I trust God to forgive me even though I don't feel like I've been forgiven. Everybody see that? I want you to get it because if not, the devil will whoop you upside your head and say, you ain't been forgiven. Because you know what? God, because you don't feel like you've been forgiven. You don't feel like you, you're right standing with God. And when you don't feel like you're right standing with God, if you're not careful, those feelings will override your faith. Your trust in God. It override it and you'll think in your mind, he must not forgive me. Because I still feel bad about what I've done. And that's not what he said in the text here. He said, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive and cleanse. To forgive and cleanse. Forgive and cleanse. Don't men will always feel like I've been forgiven. And I always feel like, uh, let me say this to you. Um, God will forgive you and then people may still hold you in bondage. People may still hold something against you when God has what? Forgiven you. He'll forgive you. And, and see, the thing I want to get in our, in our spirits for us to really understand is that when God forgives you, your emotions sometimes got to catch up with what God's already done. It's got to catch up. And you can't let your emotions rule how you treat. Because sometimes when people don't feel forgiven, they act out of that unforgiveness. They say, well, if God ain't forgave me, I might as well go back and drink some more. If God ain't forgave me, I still go back and do the thing that I was doing before. Because I don't feel like I've been forgiven. Everybody see that? 
That's why it's important that you have faith that God is forgiving you. You try to trust that. And again, I haven't heard no voice come from heaven saying, Dobbs, I forgave you for what you've done wrong. But I trust that he has forgiven me. And sometimes it's got, it got to, I got to work it out. I got to work it out in my mind. Sometimes I feel like he forgave me as soon as I've done it. Sometimes I feel like it, it just, in my mind I'm saying, God, I know you forgave me, but it sure don't feel like it. And sometimes I believe God allows that to stay there in order for us to feel the effect. Hey, you ain't gonna do that again, are you? Oh, cause you, you know, cause sometimes you can feel bad about stuff you've done. Now, at the time you're doing it, you, you feel like, <laughs> but after you do it and then you convince him, like, I mean, I told you, I told you, I said, I'm gonna tell this one story I gotta keep on telling. Cause if I don't, if I don't tell this story, y'all won't learn from my mistakes. That time that I called the IRS agent because I got so mad at her that, that uh, she she talking about, well, I'm not going to take your deduction. Well, I tell you what. <laughs> and I, I gave her a piece of my mind. I ain't going to lie to you. I told her off. And I came and I, I might have used uh, one word or two of profanity in my explanation or I might not have. I'm not sure. But I sure told her off. And I told her off in a way that I want her to know that I did not like what she said. At the time, I felt good about it. Sure did. I ain't gonna lie to you. I felt good about it. I told that person off. I felt good about it. Well, it wasn't but a few minutes later. The Holy Spirit talking about, no, you wrong. What do you mean I'm wrong? They told me that. <laughs> and that thing got to me so much, I had to call that person back and apologize. Don't make my mistakes, y'all. Don't make my mistakes. Don't make my mistakes. Because I just called, and, and the thing was, and I felt bad about that. I don't think I've ever called. Now I'm more tolerant with customer service folks than I was back then. I'm just, I, I mean, I, but that thing messed me up so bad. I ain't gonna lie to you. It messed me up bad. And I ain't gonna say I always deal with customer service folks because sometimes them folks get on my. I'm trying to teach y'all something because I messed up. But there's a cleansing process that has to take place. And you got to allow God to clean you up from that particular thing you've done. The thing that what took you away not to be in line with God's word. And, and, you got, and your faith says God forgave you. And he forgave you. And God, thank you for forgiving me. I sure appreciate you forgiving me. Oh, thank you, Lord. Oh, he says, son, daughter, because you have obeyed my word and confessed to me, you took a step of faith and admitted your guilt. And God has said, I'm faithful. You can trust me to forgive you. You can trust me to forgive you of things you confess. You know that you did of what you did and you did intentionally too. And some people don't, listen, some people will have no idea of some of the things that you've done that you really confess to God to. They would have no idea. They think you just as innocent. You could be sitting in this congregation right now. And by the time service over, you're know saying, God, please forgive me for thinking this. Please forgive me for thinking that. Please forgive me for doing this. And please forgive me for doing that. And, and, and God, be just, he just, what, cleaning you? That's cleaning you up right there. That's cleaning you up right there. Some stuff you did last week, and the Holy Spirit bring it to your remembrance as I talk to you. Oh, yeah, God, yeah, that's what you're talking about right there. Oh, Lord, please forgive me. I'm so sorry, God. And nobody gonna know. Nobody gonna know. Nobody gonna know. Except you and God. When He brings to your remembrance, He's purging and cleaning you. 
He's, he's moving that stuff out of the way. He's moving it out of the way. He's moving that residue out of the way. He's being forgiven, but he got to get that residue out. Got to get the feelings out. Got to get them emotions out. So in turn, you can think, talk, and act according to his written and revealed word. And sometimes if you ain't careful, you can become, you got to be careful because contamination can try to hit. And see, contamination brings harmful effects and sometimes cause death. And could it be that you have contam- that contamination, contaminants in our lives that is causing harmful effect on those that we love? So you see, people that have, that have not been cleansed and purged, they can contaminate those around them with their voice tone, the way they think, the way they talk, and so forth. But no worse, we got First John 1 and 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Condition number two, I must forgive others if I'm going to receive forgiveness from my Heavenly Father. I must forgive others if I'm going to receive forgiveness from my Heavenly Father. Now this is powerful right here. Because they didn't say they're going to ask you for forgiveness. It says if you must, if you, you know one thing I highlighted on my paper here, if you forgive. Me and their trespassing, your heavenly father will also forgive you. So if you forgive, Matthew 6, 14 to 15, Matthew 6, 14 to 15, if you forgive me and their trespasses, your heavenly father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your father forgive your trespasses. And this is interesting to me because there's a lot in this particular text. One of the things I thought about, I'm just going to bring it to your attention real quickly before I go back into further explanation, is this. You can tell me you forgive me, but in your heart you have not forgiven me. Think about that for a moment. You can tell me you forgive me, but in your heart, you have not forgiven me. One of the things I thought about when I was reading this, the latter part, but if you do not forgive men their trespasses, think about this for a moment. Only you know if you forgive somebody. Only you. Only you know if you forgive somebody. Neither will your father forgive your trespasses. For if you, um, verse 14, but if you forgive, if you release, if you let it go, if you keep it no longer, men, their trespasses, their errors, their, un, uh, their intentional, unintentional ways, their mistakes, their errors, your heavenly father will also forgive you. Those conditions of if in verse 14 and verse 15, if you forgive men, their errors, their mistakes, their shortcomings, regardless if they intended to do it or not, your heavenly father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men, their errors, their mistakes, their shortcomings, regardless if they intended to do it or not, your heavenly father will not forgive you. One of the things I thought about is this. They can intentionally do it to you and you still got to forgive them. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus was put intentionally on the cross and he said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. They intentionally put him on the cross. And this is what I thought about when I was studying this. They intentionally did it and they never asked him to forgive Lord, I didn't mean to put you on that cross. They meant to put him on that cross. They meant 
to. They, they weren't no, well, I'm, no, they meant to put him on the cross. They would have got him earlier if it was in God's plan. But he was on that cross. And so he said, you know what? And this one I'm thinking about. Let's take it a little bit farther. If God forgives me, who am I to hold you? All the stuff I do. I told y'all Luke 747, many sins. And God forgive me. Who am I to hold somebody like you in, in, in the little stuff you do? I like what one part of scripture talks about. I'm paraphrasing a little bit. Here you are pointing your one, your, you point your one finger, but you got all this stuff pointing back at you that you are done. And I see why he would say something like that with scriptures like this. If you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly father will also forgive you. But if you don't, he said, mm-mm. That forgiveness is a conscious, deliberate decision to release feelings of resentment or vengeance toward a person or a group of people, regardless of whether I think they deserve it or not. God didn't ask you whether or not they deserve it, did he? Let me say this to you. He didn't ask you whether or not you deserve it. But I still got to forgive you. I can't hold you in bondage because God ain't holding me in bondage. And, And let me say this to you. God knows stuff I do in secret and stuff I do in open. And he know, he, he, and I, when I ask him to forgive me, he still has mercy upon my soul. You ever been on a website on your phone and you look there like, ooh, I enjoyed that website. And you know it wasn't no good. God forgave you. And sometimes you will be in a situation where God will have mercy upon your soul when you know what you did wasn't right. And when you have, when God has mercy on you, you ought to show that same mercy on somebody else. Love that about God. Condition number three. I must avoid the temptation to judge, condemn, and hold others in unforgiveness. Luke chapter 6, verse 37 and verse 38. Luke chapter 6, verse 37 and verse 38. Again, I must avoid the temptation to judge, condemn and hold others in unforgiveness. Let me go to Luke chapter 6. This is interesting because you're going to hear a scripture we use quite often in verse 38. Luke chapter 6 verse 37. Judge not and you shall not be judged. Condemn not and you shall not be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. And then he says, give and it's will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be put into your bosom. For the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. Now, this is a two-fold scripture here. One, it's talking about giving when it comes to finances or your time or something like that. But it's also talking about this scripture here. I mean, what says in 37. If you, get, if you don't judge, you're going to receive a whole lot that God's not going to judge you for. Oh, look at that. Look at that. Look at that. If you don't condemn, there's a whole lot God's not going to condemn you for. If you forgive, there's a whole lot God's going to forgive you for. Because when you give that, it should be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be put into your bosom. Notice this. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured what? Back to you. So if I forgive, notice what he says, I'll be forgiven. 
If, if, I, if I don't condemn, I won't be condemned. If I don't judge, I will not be judged. Because this is what you got to understand about God. God can judge you for some stuff that you have almost forgot about. There's a lot God can judge you for. There's a lot God can condemn you for. There's a lot that God can hold you. But he says, hey, if you don't be nitpicky with somebody, I won't be nitpicky with you. Boy, that's tight right there. I'll tell you because sometimes we can be busy looking at little bitty stuff, holding those people in bondage to that little bitty stuff, and then we're doing a whole lot of stuff in our own selves. I like that about God. I like that. I like that. That's why he says, judge not. Notice he don't even go into a lot of detail when he said this. He said, judge not. And you should not be judged. When you listen, when you listen, judge is interesting because it says this. When you pronounce an opinion of being right or wrong to make a conclusion or a determination. In other words, you look at them and you say, okay, you right, you wrong. You right, you wrong. Now, that does not take away from the fact that God says you can look at them by the fruit that they bear and govern yourself accordingly. But when it says here, hey, don't be trying to judge. Don't be trying to condemn. And when you forgive, I need you to forgive. Because sometimes when people condemn, they pronounce somebody guilty and they don't know all the facts. They don't know all the facts. You know, it's amazing how folks can look at, look at uh, a 20 second clip on television and pronounce guilty. 20 seconds. And they're going to pronounce it. They're guilty right there. When really, they don't know all the facts. They don't know all the facts. That's one thing I had to appreciate when we had a men's meeting and Deke was talking to us. He said, listen, they're showing you a, a 15 second clip of a clip that's 10 minutes long. Now, they do that because television ratings. Then the 10 second clip. Oh, I can't show you all this. I got to show you the little part right here. The little 10 second clip will get our ratings up. Get our ratings up can get more advertising dollars. You need to see the whole thing. You need to see the whole thing. You need to see the whole thing. So, when he says this, these conditions here, forgiveness has more to do with my personal choices and decision making. It's more about what's going on within me rather than what's going on around me. Do we find ourselves being in a judgmental state, in a condemning state, not forgiving others? Do we find ourselves in that situation? Not only is it about what's in me, it also affects me and those around me. One thing about it, we talk about judging and condemning. He's talking about those and and forgiving. He's talking about those around you. Talking about those around you. Notice that. Judge not, condemn not, forgive. Who are we talking about? People around you? Who else? I mean, you know, with ourselves, most of the time, we're not dealing with that in our own personal selves. We're dealing with that about judging. We're judging who? People around us. Who we see. What we think about it. People on your job. People at school. People at your workplace. People in your family. And so forth. Again, this does not take away from the scripture that talks about you should know them by the fruit that they bear. Nothing to do with that part, because listen, if the apple come off that apple tree, it's an apple. I mean, you know, I ain't trying to, you know, this is the way it is. But 
We can't look at a tree. If you like me, when I grew up, I grew up around pear trees, apple trees, and so forth. And I still can tell the difference between them. Peach trees, too. I forgot about those. And I still can tell the difference. The thing I'm thinking about here, we need to look at ourselves and say, we don't need to base it upon our opinion. But we need to base it upon the word of God. All right? Not only is this about me, but it's, it also affects me and those around me. The text is clear. I should not judge, condemn, or hold others in bondage. If the condition that I should expect to be, without expecting the condition for me to be judged, condemned, and not be forgiven. We all have a story, and we all have a perspective. And perspective is so important. And we need to make sure that we're not taking the opinion, somebody else's perspective and making it our perspective. We need to make God's perspective our perspective. Everybody see the difference there? God knows the whole story as well as our individual stories. You know how it is. People will make a decision not knowing the whole story. Not making, not knowing the whole story. And let me say this to you. I don't know if one person yet has not been guilty of, none of the three conditions we've talked about. That's why we all need mercy and grace. Because the seat that we sit in and do those things to others, a seat is being prepared for us to receive that from others as well. So release is consistent in Luke 6.37 as well as 38. He shows us how to be released mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. He shows us how to be released financially as well. And one of the things you think about that when you look at those scriptures, sometimes the hindrance to your harvest and your blessing is the fact that you have completed Luke 6 and 37. You haven't completed Luke 6 and 37. Now, forgiveness and faith, they work together. They work together. Because, again, you have to do this by faith. You have to trust God that what he says, when when you forgive or, or you don't judge or you don't condemn, you're doing this by faith. You're trusting God. I say, God, I'm not. I'm doing this not because I don't feel like it, not because I don't think I should, but I'm doing it because your word says so. Your word says so. Your word says so. God desires for us to be delivered, protected, healed, and prosper, and so forth. See, He's still our miracle worker. Our kinsman redeemer, the one who forgives us of our sins and the guilt and condemnation that comes with sin. And I sure appreciate Jesus being our miracle worker. Our healer, our deliverer. You know, I know I tell you all this, but Luke, Luke 747 means so much to me because I think about the more I study scripture, the more I realize, God, you had a lot of mercy on my soul. The more I pray, I say, God, you just really, woo, woo. It's hard for me to look at others and start throwing stones. You remember that woman that caught in adultery? And Jesus, you know, Jesus was so smooth with it, though. He was just so smooth with it. They bring this woman up, caught in adultery, and then she was caught. And this is what I think about, too. God has caught me so many times. Notice, it wasn't no question whether or not he caught me. He got the DNA. 
He got the video proof, and it was in color, too. Not black and white, neither. It was a clear. You know, some pictures are grainy and so forth. I mean, God had a clear picture. He had uh, 4K television. When I saw, oh God, that 4K right there. I can't even, I can't go back to that uh, 720. Nah, that wasn't no 720. That was 4K. 4K, that's one of the highest uh, resolution television. It was clear. I said, no, that wasn't me. That wasn't me. No, I can't say that wasn't me. Because it had my fingerprints, had my DNA, they had the picture, they had everything. And God said, you know what? I forgive them. I said, God, you caught me in the act. One was caught in the act of adultery. But notice, God went right down and he did something in the sin. And he says, uh, those of you without sin, cast the first stone. And, uh, and uh, you know, I can imagine all them video cameras start going off right there. Everybody like, it always amazes me. Now, this is just me. This is me. This is me watching television, y'all. It always amazes me the number of people on television that condemn other folks, but yet don't look in their own backyard for all the stuff that they be doing. I know they ain't saying nothing. But they do. And it's amazing. People will follow them on social media, follow them on their uh, whatever social media access or account that they have, follow them big time. Like what they're saying is actually absolute truth. And then they folks be surprised later on that they did what? And, and be honest with you, it don't really surprise me that much. Because if you ain't got G's in your life, it doesn't matter of you not being caught yet. <laughs> Thank y'all for the five. Amen. One was caught in the adultery. Jesus looked up and said, Father, you know. Uh, excuse me. He, excuse me. He said, um, Father, forgive, excuse me. I don't condemn you neither. After those people who had the stones wanted to stone the woman and they put the rocks down because their video cameras run, run across their, their mind. See, one thing about God, he don't need your permission to match play on your video camera. He can just start playing stuff in your mind. You start saying, you be condemning folks, and all of a sudden, this stuff starts playing in your mind what you did. Now, it may not have been adultery, but it could have been lying. It could have been getting angry at somebody. It could have been doing mistreating somebody. It could have been a number of different things you were doing. And then you see that video camera start rolling your mind. I ain't talking about no fake camera. You know, you know exactly what you did. In fact, don't, don't the sound be so clear when you mess up? I told you you got 4K, right? Then you got the sound that comes across that sound. I mean, you got that sound. That sound be sounding. Oh, that, that sound like, oh, that sound like me. <laughs> this, ain't, this ain't nobody but me. I'm listening to right now. And God will forgive you for that. And those who said, neither do I hold you, or neither do I, neither do I. And so many times God has said to us, neither do I. Neither do I. Neither do I. Will you receive my righteousness? Will you receive my love? Will you receive what I've done for you? Let's think about three conditions in my closing. I must admit that I've wandered from the path of God and the word of God. Two, I must forgive others if I'm going to receive forgiveness from a heavenly father. And three, I must avoid the temptation to judge, condemn, and hold others in unforgiveness. Next week, I want to go a little further 
by going to Matthew 9 and 6. It'll give you Matthew 9 and 6 reads as follows. But that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. Then he said to the paralytic, arise, take up your bed, and go to your house. Jesus has power on earth to forgive sins. Jesus has power on earth to forgive sins. And when you understand, or you have a, let me say this to you, when you have a better understanding of how much God has forgiven you, when you have a better understanding of how much God has mercy and grace on you, it should help you become a better witness. Acts 1 and 8, and you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witness of me, both in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and the other most parts of the earth. Gives you more confidence in Jesus. You're more consistent in your testimony. You can effectively communicate the mercy God had on your life and do the same thing for you. You pay attention to the details. You are trustworthy with God. Your experience. Again, I told you all the time. I, I know I keep telling y'all, God had mercy on my soul, y'all. I mean, he had mercy on my soul, y'all. And let me say this to you. That story I gave you earlier, that was the only time that I had a story very similar to that by somebody else. But God had mercy on my soul, even when I was a sinner. And I know God can have mercy on my soul as a sinner. He'll definitely have mercy, excuse me, mercy on my life now as the righteousness of God. And again, we're students of the word of God with advanced knowledge, and we are continuing to agree and align with God's word. When we operate in forgiveness of faith, we do our part. However God chooses to do his will in our lives and do what he says he's going to do is his choice. But we trust him as faith walkers that he's going to forgive us just like he said he was. When we ask him, change our behavior and do as he tells us stand here. we pray that you have been blessed and inspired by today's message we'd love to hear from you please send your prayer requests and testimonies to our website at occvr.org that's occvr.org we would like to invite you to partner with us as we share the gospel all around the world just go to our website at OCCVR.org. Click on the Give button to give online. Or you can utilize text to give. Text GIVE to the number 770-692-2225. That's 770-692-2225. Join us on our YouTube channel, subscribe to our podcast, and connect with us on social media. We also invite you to join us in a live service. We're located at 3097 South Van Wert Road in Villarica, Georgia. Visit our website for more details at occvr.org. Until next time, remember, without a vision, the people perish. See you next time for more Heaven Bound with Pastor Richard D. Dobbs of Overcomers Christian Center in Villarica, Georgia.